You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. I'm Howard. We've been talking the last few weeks about growing deep in the city. And I want to talk about experiencing God in nature in the city. So I want to tell a little bit about my backstory first. This is uh, my family. I grew up in Vermont. I think I was seven or eight in this photo. I'm the one. There's, it's kind of hard to find a photo of me without the bunny ears uh, <laughs> at this stage. I grew up in a beautiful town of Rochester. It's tucked between two mountains in what's called the, right, the White River Valley. From my backyard, I could cut across my neighbor's yard where there was a stream of clear water and I could jump like from stone to stone and play in the woods for hours. Katie says it sounds kind of Andy Griffith-like. Anybody know that show? Okay. Um, I, did, I played baseball in a field with like mountains you know, as the backdrop. And... I remember once my mom, uh, she tells a story, she couldn't find my brother and I, and she was starting to get kind of nervous, and eventually she looks kind of down our side yard and she saw us walking, um, walking next to each other, our shoes were off, our clothes were wet, we'd just been like playing in the stream. It's kind of a free place like that. I don't remember ever telling them where I was going, or I kinda, you kind of had like free range. My dad would, he wanted to know, he wanted to be able to contact us if he needed to, so we had a spot where he would drive his car to the edge of this hill and he would yell up. And he wouldn't be able to see us, but we could hear him and we would yell back like, we're here, you know, we're all right. So it was, uh, it was a free place. I just went up and visited over the 4th of July a couple weekends ago and it really is stunning. Uh, I just kind of snapped this photo when I was up there. And this was sort of just like, this is on one of the ski, uh, the ski like mountains, um, Sugarbush. And this is uh, kind of like the view from the parking lot. This isn't really even a nice view. I just kind of like snapped this really quickly. I don't have the picture from the top. I didn't necessarily get all the way to the top of the mountain. It's like these, it's, it's really steep, you know, these, they have the lifts for a reason. Um, but, this is the, uh, the kind of environment that I lived in that shaped me in my early formative years. So this is the view outside my bedroom window, current day Philadelphia. There are a couple trees. You're looking through a screen there. You can also see the build outs on the roof decks. The buildings are getting a little higher so you can't see quite as much that way now. Development making its way through the neighborhood. We'll get back to this. Um, but I think everyone can relate to that sense of awe, uh, something beyond ourselves when we're witnessing something beautiful in nature. I learned this from a friend of mine once we were kayaking. Uh, there was a beach party and they had kayaks. And so we took the kayaks out sort of late at night. And we were out in the Atlantic. It's like the Long Island shore. And the moon was on the water in kind of a beautiful way. Not a kind of, a really beautiful way that I haven't seen since. And we stopped paddling and we just kind of stopped to look at it. And uh, this guy, he's a pretty staunch atheist, self-proclaimed. And 
And he said, this is when I think God might be real. So the awe and the, the, the beauty of nature impacts all of us. Um, some people think to have an encounter with Jesus, they need to be in a far off kind of beautiful place, removed from their real life and the city grind. People flee the city, especially during the summer, for that kind of refreshment. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but the question, do we need to leave the city to encounter Jesus and develop a deep and vibrant life with him? In fact, it's often in the grind where we're best formed. For me, this is an important relationship. My physical surroundings, connection to beauty, being a physical body that I'm not just witnessing, but I'm actually actively kind of taking part in nature. When I was in high school, I was about 17 years old, and I was driving, driving home from my friend's house. It was late at night. This was like when, for me, like, just like being out late was like very exciting. You know, we just, I wanted to be out late. Probably like playing video games. But we were, I got home late, parked the car, and there was two towering pine trees next to my house. And I had this, I was just kind of compelled to go and sit underneath these trees. I had never done this before. It never really even occurred to me to do this at, you know, midnight. It was cold outside. But I really felt this urge. And I wrote a poem when I was like out there too. Uh, I don't have the poem, but, you know, it was, it said something kind of basic. I was 17, but about, I could go inside where it's warm and comfortable, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit under these trees. I remember feeling very alive. Looking back at that experience now, that was God stirring within me. I didn't quite have the, the name for that yet at the time. But the experience was profound for me. And in college, I found they, the, uh, I studied some of the poets, the romantic poet, poets in the Enlightenment era. Um, they, they call that experience something called sublime. This is a word where its, its Latin root means, sort of means like to the very top. Transcendence, the possible crossings between self and nature, boundlessness of the universe. I remember studying this passage by uh, William Wordsworth he talked about this was, uh, he was, when he was climbing a mountain, this is what his experience. When at my feet the ground appeared to brighten, and with a step or two seemed brighter still. Nor was time given to ask or learn the cause, for instantly a light upon the turf fell like a flash, and lo, as I looked up. So this was, the Romantic poets didn't all think that this was a God thing. They thought this was kind of a nature-human thing. But um, the Bible, the Old Testament, has got something similar to this. Uh, this is in the Habakkuk. The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So when I was in college, I thought this sublime feeling, I kind of thought this was it. This was like the penultimate experience, um, this connection between nature and myself. I was, also look, I was also looking for good experiences in other uh, unhealthy places at the time, alcohol and sex, um, but the sublime was something that touched my spirit. It gave me a sense of being and peace. Thankfully, later in college, I found that encountering God and the living Jesus 
surpasses anything I had known, surpasses anything you, else you can experience as a human. Um, but nature continues to be a place where I experience and encounter God, and it sustains me. And I don't live in that same environment, obviously, as you saw um, when I grew up. Um, so how do we keep the connection to God through nature in the city? Um, of course, it's great when we can get away on vacation or on a hike, but we can't do that every day. I've heard from people that we, we kind of retreat to those places on the weekends uh, because uh, they need space. They need a little ease. They want to be around some trees. But if that's the only time we're getting that relief, um, the, the tasting the sublime, then eventually you're going to move out of the city because we need these things, me included. We need inspiration from God and a touch from the spirit, a taste of the sublime. So, how can we get what we need living in the city? Because, like I said, a lot of us, me included, we need this in our everyday lives. So I have a few practical ways to do this. I got into the discipline of seeing nature in the city uh, kind of early on as a Jesus follower. I started following Jesus in Philadelphia. And it's a really refreshing, it's a refreshing experience to me. Philadelphia is a refresh, can be a really refreshing place. Um, it's like, kind of like one of those days, really hot. You get the back sweat going hard in the morning even. Um, and, it, and it's like that large cherry water ice. And that experience can point us back to the love of God. First thing is to start where you are. I like to think about looking up or looking down. Um, when we're looking up, like in Psalm uh, 121, we lift our eyes, eyes to the hills, to God, where our true hope is. Uh, when we look down, I'm reminded of the earthier parts of God. Uh, even the, the, uh, the plants and the cracks and the sidewalks. It's not the grandeur as much it is as the physical embodiment of Jesus here on earth with us. So as far as looking down, appreciate the green you do have. Even the small parts, plants in your house, or a lot of plants in your house you guys have got. Get your hands in the soil. There's a lot of research about, if you're into science in particular, I encourage you to look this up about a certain kind of bacterium in soil that lowers depression and anxiety. Uh, they don't know how, exactly how much soil you need to get in contact with <laughs> for that to happen, but planters are typically less depressed than people who don't put their hands in the earth. So ask a friend to help you plant something and keep it alive. As far as looking up, I like to, I like to say you can always look up. The sky is always there, even if it's partially blocked by a building. Um, look at the sky. One of our pastors, Ben White, uh, he takes beautiful pictures of the sky on Instagram. Um, I was, you could follow him, but better yet, like look up more often. Um, feel the weather. I think you kind of have, for me, I have to like get the right, I had to get the right gear to be able to be out in the, the elements. I commute, so I had to get like the rain boots to where I could be. I think I'm generally happier when I'm more comfortable outdoors. So you might have to get the gear, the right gear to stay warm or dry. Um, who has squirrels in their backyard, climbing around their whole house? Can you see God there? Me either. Um, 
but let me know about that one if you do. I'm still, I'm still looking there. Um, when you're walking through the, the, in the wind and it feels like the wind tunnel of Philadelphia is creating and blowing right on you, let the wind just blow right through you. Look at the stars at night. Maybe it's just one star you can see. Maybe it's a satellite. Who cares? <laughs> Another story. Someone in my cell told the story about going to a, uh, a funeral of a family member, and they had to drive basically like 10 hours there, 10 hours back in a very short time. The Philadelphia Turnpike, I'm sorry, the Pennsylvania Turnpike the whole way. Sounds terrible to me. I really, I feel constricted by the turnpike. Um, but she said when she drove the stretch of highway on this trip, she was looking, she was seeing the trees that lined the road and the leaves were changing this time of year and she felt touched and held by God the whole way. And even now when she gets back on the turnpike, she still uh, has that feeling of feeling surrounded by God. I said, that's got to be the Holy Spirit on the turnpike. Um, have you ever gotten stuck on the subway underground? Not a lot of nature, like, out the windows right then. Um, this has happened to me a few times. I'm still kind of working with it. But I will say that when the train stops moving, it gets pretty quiet on the train. You realize without the noise of the machine, there's a sort of collective quiet that's shared among the people there. So one thing about getting stopped, when you're out in you know, nature, when you're on the trail and the water, you have the uh, ability, the illusion of control. You can just kind of take up and go as you want. It's just you and the trail. Um, urban journeys are not that way. We often get stopped and interrupted. Stop lights, traffic by other people, once I was taking a, a bike ride on the Schuylkill Banks and I got stopped by the train. This, this was before they uh, had built a bridge like over the tracks. So I did something different on that day. I, instead of like, I could have gone around and like, you know, carried my bike on my shoulder and gone up the steps and gotten kind of frustrated about it. I just decided to stop. And I just waited. And I let the moment happen to me because I can't control everything. And I rest, I use that time to rest. There's a lot of opportunities to rest in the city. Are there any interruptions in your day that frustrate you? Can you turn them into an opportunity for rest and enjoyment? Because our rest isn't confined by our physical space. Um, it can be influenced by it for sure. Um, my emotional and mental state, sometimes they don't allow me to take a proper rest. But the physical environment doesn't dictate our ability to connect with nature or God. Sometimes when I struggle, I can find myself saying, if I could just get away to that quiet place, if I could just to get to that secluded beach or to that spot, I would be okay. Um, my son is great about pointing out nature. Uh, some of the first time I remember kind of carrying him outdoors, he touched these plants in front of our house. He just kind of like stroked the leaves. Um, he's got a real appreciation for flowers. We caught it on, uh, oh man, I must have missed something, guys. 
Give me a second here. I want to make sure I'm getting to this. Okay. Come back to that. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Very excited. He, uh, he's, he's also great at pointing out birds. There are birds all over. Not just in trees, on telephone wires, on houses, on Broad Street, on the uh, window ledges. One time, uh, I remember Katie sent a video to, you know, a video of like in the playground of Abel to uh, her mom, and her mom said, wow, I could barely hear anything of all the birds. And we're like, what? What birds? <laughs> but we just weren't really listening. We kind of tuned it out as like another drone noise. But the birds are, are around. Jesus talked about uh, birds. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are more value than many sparrows. Uh, Howard Thurman writes about that. It reminds us that that's pointing to us towards God's love for us, but also God's love for the sparrows. He talks about God being in all creation God breathed through all of creation, the sparrow overcome by sudden death in its flight, the lily blossoming on the rocky hillside, the grass on the field and the clouds, light and burdenless, or weighted down with unshed tears, the madman in chains, or wandering among the barren rocks and the wastelands, the little baby in his mother's arms. all through creation. I know this is kind of an obvious one. We have some beautiful parks in the city. Just go up to Kelly Drive, West Fairmount Park, FDR Park right down here in South Philly is worth uh, just going for a walk around. Now South Philadelphia in my neighborhood is not known for its trees. Uh, my neighbor Rich insists that the city won't plant trees on our side of the street they won't grow there. And I, don't, I still don't know if he's right about that, but um, for two blocks in either direction on our side, there are no trees. And I requested for a tree to be planted from, I forget the exact place, but Tree Philly? Yeah. And they got back to me and they said, we're going to study your spot to see if it is, if their tree can be planted. And they send out a certain kind of tree they might plant. But I don't know. There's still no tree there. Um, I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, are they not? There's no trees going to happen on our side of the street. I don't know. Might never be coming. Myself and Rich might have to do without. But it's okay. There are trees right on the other side of the street. Maybe you don't have a lot of trees on your block. Um, but maybe you should find that one tree, the one place that you pass often. And make it meaningful. The tree is not God, but it can remind you of God. Make that a special place for yourself. That tree whose roots are growing in the soil, receiving life from the sun. And when you see it, you are reminded that you are one of God's precious creations. Nature can't tell us who we are, but it can remind us of whose we are. And that is God's. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast.
If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.